Prayer, time of prayer, fasting. You know, when I heard Pastor Sam announcing the fasting, I said, Pastor Sam, there are some of us, you have to add more weeks because in between command the morning, we have also had Sister's Week, isn't it? So, and then I said, Pastor Sam, you have a lot of weeks to add because we also had January fast. Please, we have fasted more than three months when you add it. Then people's, in, when we calculate by the end of the year, we can say that we have done half the year. Hallelujah. Listen, somebody is proud to say that I spent 300 days of the year in the pub. <laughs> yeah. You know, somebody will say that this year I beat my last year record. I drank 2,000 pints of, <laughs> you know. Yeah. This year, you two you will say this year I sold hundreds and hundreds of hours of prayer. And I received Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of strands of blessings and mercy and grace and favor and opportunity and breakthroughs and open doors. And God used me to touch others. And God used me to preach to others. And God used me to save others. And God used me. We all have something to share and to say. Amen. Because they... Women in this house have done so well, you know. I did it to my utter shock and surprise, and I'm not easily shocked. You know, yesterday, some of them took it upon themselves. I was like, wow. All kinds of dishes. They had fried fish, fried days, fried days, fried days. I even saw some small, small things. Later on, they told me that it was some animal's tail. I was like, eesh. But we still ate it. <laughs> <laughs> we still ate it with us. We still ate it. You know, and uh, God bless you. And wherever that came from, may the Lord replenish it and bless you. You know, we are grateful. Yesterday I told all the, the pastors who were here as we were eating, I said, you know, everybody and what their issues are. As for me, the ladies in this house, I'm blessed. I'm totally, totally blessed. Oh. They caused me to sleep well at night. Yes, 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 yes. Remember, Pastor Uni shared her story. Yeah, that she was a, a first lady. But when she's coming to church, she'll be trembling. You see, but it can't happen here. You will tremble before I tremble. I, I was very surprised. I was like, really? <laughs> you tremble before, yeah. But you know. We have to also realize that we have to protect it. We have to guard it. Do you understand? You think the devil likes it that there's so much joy in the house? Do you think the devil likes it that there's so much peace in the house? No. May you not be the one that he uses to bring contention. May you not be the one that he uses. May I not be the one that he uses to bring division. All of us are successful. All of us can be used. Yeah. We thank God so much. And um, happy Mother's Day to every woman, every woman, every woman, young or old. Happy Mother's Day. God will cause you to mother many. Your fruit, your womb will be fruitful. You will have many, many biological, spiritual, adopted children. You will have many, many, many. Many, many, yeah, and God will give you the grace to be a good mother, yeah, and your children will never go wayward, 
and that your children will never be used by the devil. Yeah. And in your old age, you will still be flourishing and you will see your children flourish. They will not be the cause of pain. No, they will not be. Our online family, I pray that yesterday, I don't know what time you went to bed. Some of us left here at midnight and we are still standing. Yeah, some of you went to bed. But I'm surprised that most of you were here yesterday and you still made it again this morning. Put your hands together for yourself. Hallelujah. You know, I'm just going to encourage us with a couple of scriptures. And um, I pray that we will find ourselves in it. And I pray that we will walk in it and take it as a word from God for us. Because when the word of God comes, the next bit is your decision whether to accept it. And then whether to use it. Some of us accept it, but we don't use it. Hey, these women, they are stronger. Tell you, mothers with how many children came here till 10 o'clock, went home, and came back again with their children. I'm sure even the children will ask their mother, at what point do we sleep? <laughs> you know, yesterday we had our ministers sharing with us from Luke 13. But I'm going to go into a few more Scripture, two other sets of scriptures, but I think that since our theme was that, I want us to read it. Because some of these scriptures, you've got to write them somewhere, and anytime you feel a heaviness coming on you, you take it and remind God that March 13th and 14th, 2021, you spoke to me, you declared over my life, and that word still stands. Luke 13, you know, when the Bible says, we are just reading it so that we will, you know, most people have always called this the woman with the issue of blood, isn't it? Uh, um, what do you call it? The cripple or the woman where, where uh, what are the different names? The, the different names, the, the woman, the cripple, the woman who had an issue for 18 years. But I call this particular one daughter of Abraham. Because really that is who she was. Do, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, that is who she was. And the scripture says, and he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and behold, there was a woman which had a spread of infirmity 18 years, and was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loose from thy infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And the ruler of the synagogue answered, with indignation, because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day and said unto the people, there are six days in which men ought to work in them. Therefore, come and be healed on any of those days. Verse 16, the Bible says, And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan had bound, lo, these 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? And when he had said these things, all his adversaries were ashamed, and all the people rejoiced for all the glorious things they were done, that were done by him. Amen. Many who are seeking your evil will be ashamed. They will be ashamed. They will, they will be ashamed. They will be ashamed. 
And the others will come and rejoice with you. The others will come. You, people only have two options where you are concerned. Either they'll receive their shame or they'll receive joy. <laughs> there are no neutral. Either they'll receive their shame or they'll receive their joy. That is why we ourselves, you see, for me, when I'm preaching, I'm, I always go on the other side because I think that we do a disservice when we always think about those people who will cause us shame, those people who, but I always want us to be, come to the place where we are the ones who will not cause people to shame, who will not become the adversaries, but will become the people who rejoice with others. Because just as we get trouble, we also give trouble. You know, we're going to look at Luke 19. And one of the main things I want you to see, when we started this scripture in the first verse, verse 10, it says that Jesus was teaching in the synagogue. One of the things, one of the main things you realize that Anytime there was going to be a performance, anytime there was going to be a miracle, anytime there was going to be a manifestation, what preceded it was the word. What preceded it was teaching, preaching, which tells you that there is a certain power in teaching. You see, a lot of Christians like the manifestation of miracles, but what you don't realize is that what sustains you is not the manifestation itself, but it's the word that has been declared. And it's the word that you have been taught. The word that you have understood. Because if you have knowledge, you will stay free forever. If you don't have knowledge, you can be loose and be tied again. Because you can go back to the same filth. You can go back to the same mess. But when you have knowledge, you'll be able to mark and avoid. You'll be able to say, this I know. <laughs> I have seen this one before. When the person comes and starts giving the raps, by the second you're like, I have heard this one. <laughs> Try another. Please go and find another version of this story because this, this story, no, 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 no. Yeah. And as we are about to look at this second set of women, remember yesterday I told you that the beauty about these scriptures that, you know, have been written about Jesus' interaction with the women was that, he didn't emphasize on their names and their details. Do you understand? Yeah. And, and so it makes us know that it is not for a specific person. Do you understand? It's not for a specific. Anybody who looks at the word of God and says, hmm, I'm inside this, you are inside it. Yeah. And this scripture, we see the lady coming to the house of God in spite. She didn't stay away. But the most important thing I want us to take with this as we go to the next scripture is the fact that all she had to do was appear. We don't even know whether she had faith or not. We don't know. We don't know how powerful her Christianity was. We didn't, I mean, if she's been suffering for 18 years, it's not this morning that something is going to happen. This thing, we have lived with it for so long. Yeah. She hadn't received a word that today the Lord will touch you. She hadn't received. But what is very clear is that so long as she appeared, Jesus was the one who responded to her. And that is why for a lot of us, one of the things that a loose woman does is that even when things are not going right, she knows how to just gather herself and keep pushing. 
Listen, sometimes even if you have to crawl to do what you have to do, you crawl to do it. Let's move away from when, when I feel stronger, I will. When I feel, you know, I'm feeling really low. The idea that you are feeling so low is a sign that you have to make a move. Can you imagine if she hadn't come? Because when she came, she didn't have to do anything. I don't even know whether the message that I was being preached, she really listened to it. She probably will be sitting there and say, hey, God will heal you, God will heal you. Do you know how many times? I've heard it 18 years. God will heal you, God will heal you. But once she wanted, sometimes prayer is difficult. You're waking up in the morning, it's like you're just thinking of all your issues. But you don't realize that if you can just drop on your knees and say, Lord, help. You don't need to say, you don't even need to say, Lord, help. Do you know that sometimes your prayer should not have words? Sometimes you don't need to speak. You drop on your knees and leave Jesus to do the rest. Yeah. She didn't see him in the realms of my savior has come, my healer has come. He saw her that my daughter is here. Jesus was the one who saw her. Jesus was the one who called her. You see, when we read some of the uh, uh, um, stories, like the one we're come to read next, you realize that sometimes we say, Jesus, we call. But this is an example where she did, Jesus did the calling. Jesus did the calling. All she had to do was present herself. When he called her, he spoke over her. And you realize that there are two things. Because he spoke over her. And she was healed of the spirit of infirmity. But he laid his hands on her. And she was straightened. So the word of God and the power of God. They make everything complete. That's why we don't take one and leave the other. As for me, I'm a word person. I'm a word person. You know, this kind of, you know, this is overreacting. But do you know that we cannot bring salvation to many without the manifestation? The manifestation is for unbelievers. It's not even so much for us because we will believe. Let's look at Luke. May we be healed from every pain. May our sadness be sent into joy. There's a mother here. May the Lord encourage you. All your ashes are turned into beauty. May despair be turned into hope. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. Instead of disgrace, you will receive rejoicing in your inheritance. You will inherit a double portion in this land. You will have everlasting joy. A crown of beauty instead of ashes. You will be called the oak of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. Oh, let's look at Luke 8 first. Luke 8. We looked at the daughter of Abraham. Now we're going to look at some women. The Bible says, verse 1 to 3, the Bible says, Soon afterward, Jesus began a tour of the nearby towns and villages, preaching. Remember the first one, teaching. Preaching. It means that when you come in the midst of preaching, you should have an expectation. 
when Reverend is always encouraging us that, look, when you're at home, listen to some of the podcasts. Listen, you know, some of you, when you go on YouTube, you listen to everything but a message. Yesterday, I was into, did I tell you? Okay, when I came home, everybody was so tired. Yesterday, I was introduced to uh, something. They said, uh, what's the person called? The uh, eight-year-old uh, joker, comedian. What? The one they say I should go and listen to. The joker, the eight-year-old who makes fun. Oh, Pastor Sam, you were there? Oh, Emanuela. As soon as they said Emanuela, they said, oh, yeah. <laughs> we identified that one. Yeah. So yesterday I was introduced to Emanuela. I don't know who she is, but, but you can imagine that Emanuela probably has more views than a lot of messages. But you think about when you finish watching Emanuela. <laughs> you see, what I'm trying to tell us is that when you are really loose, when you are really loose, one of the main things is that you, you, you are drawn to things, the things of God. You are drawn to it. You see, when people have to pressurize you, come to church, Try and fast. You know, spend time in prayer. Have you had your quiet time? Do you, are you able to? You are not free. Even though you are a Christian and you look like you are serving God, you are serving God under bondage. Because the real freedom is when nobody needs to be controlling your faith. Because some of us will watch Manuela for hours, hours, hours. Then out of guilt, you scroll through the Bible quickly. Locate a verse. And sometimes the whole year is the same verse. <laughs> you have been looking at. Should in case somebody ask. Are you, do you spend time in your Bible? Oh, yes, I do. You can't ask me how many lines. Whether it was a word, you know. Because after all, pastor said that one word from the Lord changes everything. Preaching and announcing the good news about the kingdom of God. He took his 12 disciples with him. Along with, do you have the NLT? Put it there. Luke 8, verse 2. He says, put it there so that we can see it. Put the NLT on the screen. It says, along with some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Remember that we are not only loose from physical things. We are only also lose from spiritual things, from mental things. Among them were Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons. Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's business money. I think that these people, they must have been really wealthy for it to have been significant enough to put that line there. Couldn't you have just told us, Joanna? Ah, this way you can see that the rich man's wife <laughs> Susanna, we don't know who her husband was, <laughs> and many others, and many others. Some women, Magdalene, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Susanna, and many others. There is no woman under the sound of my voice that the Lord will not lose, that the Lord will not set free, that the Lord will not liberate. 
says that, and they were, who were contributing their own resources to support Jesus and his disciples. Listen, when you have been loose, when you have been set free, nobody has to tell you, do you tithe? Do you give? Tithing is a concept from, you know, if you don't give and you don't have to be threatened, you know, Malachi says you're an armed robber. <laughs> when you have to go through that, that means you haven't even appreciated what Christ has done for you. All these women, he said, some women, many women, they had been delivered. These women, it wasn't like they were they always righteous, holy, pious. Once upon a time, they were not. But a time came when they had been set loose and they began to provide what the house of God needed. They began to provide what the need of people were. It didn't mean, because we don't know whether Mary Magdalene was rich. We know Joanna, mm, she had something. But as a pastor, I've even come to realize that a lot of the time, people who are most generous, if Christians who are most generous are not necessarily rich. In fact, when they become wealthier, they become stingier. And they try and explain that, Pastor, you see, giving 100 pounds tight and 200 pounds tight, you see, if I tell you what my tight now, you fall down. You think your tight will scare God. But you see that sometimes even wealth will make us. <laughs> Nobody would ever know why you serve God the way you serve him. <laughs> why you do what you do for God. Why you... And I believe that this manifestation is something that you must desire. You must desire that there must be a pull from your heart for God so that your Christian journey is not so difficult. So that your Christian journey is not so hard. Yeah. For those of us who are mothers, trust me, if you don't have a pull from God, your children can make you backslide. Your children can make you become godless. Hey, I should read my Bible. Do you know when I woke up? I haven't even slept. I should read Bible and I should pray. Read your Bible, pray every And is it not true that it's tiring? Is it not true that it's sleepless night? Is it not true that to come to church, I have to bath all these children? Is it not true that by the time you have dressed one, the other one has messed themselves up? Just as you were leaving, one vomited. If you don't take care, you can't say everyone. Yeah. And you think when they are baby, when they become teenagers and they decide to become true ones, it can stress you out. Now you will see that even the way you are commanding them to come to church has become some way. If you don't come to church, you won't eat. I mean, that's abuse. But that is why you must try your best that this work I am on, it is not a community affair. It is not a social affair. I need to discover this Christ for myself. Because some of us, we became Christians by virtue of birth. Our parents were pastors or our parents were Christians. They took us to whatever denomination it was, and we just grew up. But we don't have our own personal revelation of him. Yeah. These women did. Yeah, these women did. So anything they were doing for Jesus 
was never out of compulsion. Yeah. Some of us, we beg, come and sing, yeah. come and clean, mm. come and, mm. yeah. and then if they can't do it, yeah. Yeah. whatever. Ah. It's, it's the house of God. All of us, we do what we can. Even my house, having cleaned the dash, can't clean the house of God. It is because of where it is coming from. I said, when you are loose, everything you do comes easy for you. As soon as you are being instructed, listen, you have to be a good wife. You know, you have to learn. You need humility, you know. Then you should know that something is, you are bound by something. Hey, as for me, no man will talk rudely to me. I won't tolerate nonsense. But nonsense is controlling you. Because now nonsense is determining how you will behave to your husband. You see how we don't even realize how we can walk around and feel that I'm liberated. As for me, I stand, I am, you know, I am free. You are not free. Because many things are controlling you. John 19. These women who are being saved, you realize that they began to just progress, progress, progress. And I was looking at this scripture in John 19 because one of the things I realized was that when Christ was on the cross, there they were. The Bible says in verse 25, standing near the cross, where Jesus' mother, what's her name? What's Jesus' mother's name? And his mother's sister, what's her name? <laughs> and the other Magdalene, what's her name? Tell somebody it's a message. Tell somebody it's a message. Tell somebody that there has to be something in this Mary. Tell somebody that there has to be something in this Mary. Because why did all these Marys appear? Where was Joanna and uh, Mary, 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 Mary came, Mary came, Mary. Who were those under the, at the cross? Mary. The Marys were there. So I became a bit curious. You know, sometimes when you are reading scripture and something like that pops out, it just prompts you. You don't even know what it is. But suddenly you know that there must be a significance to all these Marys there. It's not coincidental. Because the women, they were playing tea around Jesus. We had just read, even the people who had just been delivered, we had names starting with J, S, and all. Why Mary? Why not even Martha and other names? Why Mary, Mary, Mary? So I decided, what does Mary mean? What does Mary mean? Pastor William, do you know what I saw? I saw some minutes, minutes, minutes. Then I saw some trade that dropped. I said, this is a, I said, these were the things that were at the cross. And the, thing, the, the ministry were so contradictory that it, it was, I was. So I saw it. He said, Mary means bitterness. I said, hey! Then he said, Mary means beloved. I said, hmm. Then he said, Mary means rebellious. 
But then I realized that the Lord was showing me something. That at the cross, we put our pain, our hurt, our bitterness, our struggle. We leave it at the cross. But we also put the things we love, the things we value, the things we hold so dear, the things that are so precious to us, we also leave it there. Then we, the things we are fighting, the things that are currently our battle, the things that we are rebe- the things that are fighting and troubling us, we also bring our fights. The battle is not ours. The battle is not ours. The battle is the Lord's. And when you get to the cross, you leave the good, the bad, the ugly. You just leave it there at the cross. When you are a loose person, you have come to know that these things, they don't belong to me. There is somebody, 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 you know? Yesterday, I, I told you that this year, God has been so good to me. My sleeping pattern has become amazing. When I drop on my bed, I sleep. Hey, first, I have to read chapters upon chapters. So yesterday, I got home. I dropped on my bed. Gone. But this morning, I woke up. And I realized that I had been dreaming. But everything was so real because the people who were with me in the dream, some were in church yesterday, and some are here today. And so first when I looked, and when I got up, I just wrote everything down because I was like, what is this? And everybody was busy going about. I even, we had a meal, people were eating. You know, people were dressed nicely. You know, everybody. Then it was like, it's time to go. And people were going. Then there were a number of us left there. And then we also tried to go. So there were like doors to go, you know. Then we we took a door. Then as soon as we got out of it, there was just this strange animal that came to attack So we just ran back into the place. Then this man comes out and he's like, oh, yes, that is a very dangerous animal, so don't go. I've got to go and cage it, and then I'll come and get you guys to go across. So this guy went for a while. Then we'll keep peeping to see if the animal was there or wasn't there. Then at a point, he came and said, let's go. And we said, oh, we are parked on this side. He said, we should follow him. But as soon as we left that particular place, then the next place we arrived, the place we are supposed to be walking across wasn't portals or manholes. <laughs> yeah, and just, I was like, ah, there's no way. Are we, is this the only way we can, we have to walk through to get to where? And it was like, oh, just hold on to me. You're going to be okay. Just follow. When I, I know how to maneuver, there are a few of the spots that are stable enough. So just hold on. Then what? Then as we took a bend, now realize that now we have to go over a bridge. A bridge that has manholes and potholes. So, and then we just held on to the rail. The rail was like wine, dark wine. We held on to it. And, and um, I'm sure most of you who have been in this church for a long time know that Bridges, Heights, and I, we don't have a very good relationship. 
It was only the last few years that I walked over a bridge for the first time. So even if there were no manholes or potholes, this would have been a situation nevertheless. So all of us were holding on to it. Just as we got to the middle of the bridge, the rail broke. And now we're just hanging on to that wine rail and swinging. And beneath there was water. And we're swinging and swinging and swinging. And I knew that my next location will be heaven. Because this place, none swimmers, <laughs> none water lovers, height, and we were just being blown, blown, tossed, and we went and hit something. Then, then before we knew it, still holding to the wheel, we were in the water. And we were, I mean, it was turbulent, shifting, moving. I don't even know how long it lasted. Then suddenly there was like a thump, bam, and then the rail had like hit a wall. And then we sort of released, just jumped down. And then we're like in a, like a car park place or whatever, just a normal place. And then there were people, some of the same people who had also gone their different ways, there going. It's like, why are you going? And somewhere like, I'm going swimming, I'm going to work. Or, and then they also asked us, where are you going? Then it re I realized, they can't even see that we are, we are not wet. We should look like people who have just come out of a drown. We should look like people who have just gone through a very turbulent situation. But they were treating us like we looked like them, and we were like them, and we probably had also woken up, dressed up, and were also going. And the Lord was like, when the blood of Jesus is holding you, when you are covered, you will go through the flood. You will go through this, you know, the ups and the mounds, the valleys and the hills. And the, but when you come out, it will almost it will seem, it will appear as if you never even went through it. That it never even happened. And I believe that that's a word from God for somebody. That it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So long as you can hang on to that rail, to that, to that, to that, to that, that at the cross the blood was shed for you. What your eyes tell you must not supersede what God is telling you. What your circumstances is telling you must never supersede what God is telling you. There's power in the name. There's power in the blood. There's power in the name. You know, I was listening to a man of God and he was like, when we are even talking about the power in the name, we have to realize that it's not just the word Jesus. Because a lot of Spanish people are called Jesus. Jesus, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So it's not the name. Because if you just say Jesus, it could be cousin Jesus in um, Portugal. So the name is in the fact that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is our savior. Jesus is our master. Jesus is our father. He is our keeper. Let me give you the last bit. You know, when you look in John 20, you realize that, in the verse 1, you realize that this same Mary was the one who came to realize that Jesus was not in the tomb. Yeah. 
she came to realize. May you also come to realize that Jesus is risen. May you come to realize that he's above every other name. May you come to realize that he's higher than every situation. Every situation you are going through with your children, I'm telling somebody online, it doesn't matter what situation you are going through with your children, Jesus is still Lord. Yeah. He's not dead. We have a resurrected Savior. John 20, verse 11 downwards, it says that Mary was standing outside the tomb crying and she wept. She stooped and looked in. She saw two white robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus was, had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. And she said, because they have taken away my Lord. And I don't know where they have put him. A time must come when your tears is about your love for your Lord. It's about your love for God. It's about your love for what God is doing in your life. It's not your crying because of somebody else's issue or what somebody else has done to you. You know, that crying at a point must cease. Because at the beginning of the scripture, he said that she was crying. You didn't even know why she was crying. Then when she was asked, why are you crying? She said, I'm looking for my Lord. What should break us is that I'm not able to get time to spend with God. Yeah. Sometimes it may not be your own situation. Maybe work, you know, something, travel. So you haven't been able to. And that should worry you. That should worry you. Some of us, we become agitated. Like, you know, when people are getting cold turkey, they are trying to come off drugs and they are shaking. Some of us, when we can't go on any of our social media, then we are shaking. Yeah. And as soon as we are able to locate our phone, what have I missed and what have I missed? But when we, have, we haven't prayed, we don't shift. When we haven't even gone to church for six months, it doesn't matter. God is everywhere. But Mary was crying because she was looking for Jesus. She had a hunger. She had a hunger. She had a hunger. Where's my God? Where's my Lord? Where's my Lord? Where's my Lord? She was tearful. Yeah. Some of us, we've never even shed tears in worship. Hey, look at them. You come to church, you're looking at people. Why are they so emotional? Hey, did they kill Jesus? I mean, why? Can't you just sing without all the... They sing, it's okay. You lie down, prostrate, prostrate. Why? But look at the things you have cried over. Look at the people you have cried over. Yeah. Even when you think about it, the pain still pierces your heart. And it's a man or it's a woman. There's nothing like seeing a man crying over a woman. <laughs> <laughs> some of us I mean it's like even our tears of joy is still over material things I got a new job I got a promotion I bought a new house I bought a new car and we are excited we can't breathe <laughs> Where is Jesus? I don't know. 
But listen, the generation after us, our children, our children's children, need to see us, need to see us, need to experience. Some of our children, the reason why they have drawn away from God and are not really interested is they see that this your relationship with God is fake. Preach, pastor, preach. They have watched you and watched you and watched you. And they see how you easily switch off. You put your God factor at 53 Cardigan Lane. Yeah. By the time you get to the foyer, hallelujah. I feel the presence. God is in this place. This is a great house of worship. The Lord is here and I knew it's not. And sometimes they'll even be pinching their children. Close your eyes, close your eyes. Can't you see we are praying? Close your eyes, close your eyes. But they look at you at home. They have never come to your room and heard hallelujah. They've never even, you've never told them at home, close your eyes. They have seen what you read, what you watch. They have seen how you talk. They have seen how you insult. They have heard you gossip two and a half hours. The last time it was even two hours, 45 minutes. They hate you gossip. And when you finish, you want them to serve God. Which God? Ah, the one in our church. God is not for the church. The church is supposed to give God to you. You are supposed to take him. To your workplace, to your house, to your car, to wherever, to the shop. You are supposed to take him out of here. And not keep him here. It's like when we want to see him, we'll come here. You know. Can you imagine? Where's David? Where's David? Yeah. I, I, you didn't want to raise your hand. I, I didn't say. Yeah. After seven years or eight years, now you're a medical doctor. Then you are sitting in the lecture room. You have come here. They've given you the word of God. They've given you the word of God about deliverance. They've given you the word of God about healing. They've given you the word of God about salvation. They've given you the word of God about mercy, forgiveness, grace. Then you walk out. Then you are so mean. You are mean to unbelievers, but you want them to know Jesus. If Jesus is teaching you to be mean, let me stay away. At least the people who sell the drugs, they are nice. Sometimes they are polite. And they even dash. They give you extra. And when you don't have money to repay, they say, don't worry, later. But just make sure later you pay. You can force your children to church only for so long. And you see, so... We create our fake image. Then our children also create their fake image. And they fake us. Yeah. They fake us. Daddy, you know, I was reading my book, uh, the book of John. They were not reading the book of John. But they know that it will go down well. For what they are coming to ask for. <laughs> the book of John, the book of John. Little John, which John. <laughs> 
If we are free, then we have to show that we are free indeed. Which means that the religious spirit must die. Religiosity must go. Christ must be just who we are and what we do. Not because somebody has asked us to do it. Have you seen him whom my soul loves? Do you know where they are going to? I'm looking for him. I'm looking for him. And as for the raps, especially in this century, we have more raps than that time. They didn't have all this. Um, you know, last year, my children made me go and use a word somewhere. Not knowing the word didn't even mean a good thing. But some, do you know that? Yeah, if you say that um, this person is thirsty. Yes, Reverend. Let's finish, let's finish, let's finish and go. Pastor Sam says, thirsty for what? Verse 15. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him and I will go and get him. Mary, Jesus said, she turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which is Hebrew for teacher. And he said, don't cling to me for I haven't yet ascended to the father. But go find my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Even Jesus had to let us know that stop using the concept as if it's somebody else's. He says, my father is your father. My God is your God. It's not pastor's God. It's not uh, charismatic people, they are God or uh, Anglicans, they are God or, you know, all our denominations and all that, they are destroying even the faith. This scripture must also remember, let us remember that the enemy does not have the final say. God has the final say. God has the final say. Your God has the final say. Your father has the final say. Your father has the final say. The enemy does not have the final say. The enemy does not have the final say. We're just closing. You know, when you read in Mark 5, after Jesus had healed what we describe as the madman of Gadara, Jairus' father comes to Jesus. But let me just show you. Remember I told you that the woman with infirmity for 18 years, Jesus was the one who saw her. No, here... Verse 22 says that then a leader of the local synagogue whose name was Jairus, when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading with him. He said, my little daughter is dying. Who saw Jesus? Jairus. 
Sometimes. But who was sick? Jairus' daughter. Sometimes. For those around us who cannot see, we have to see for them. We have to cry out for them. She was home, sick. But Jairus was on the scene, interceding for her, standing in the gap for her. Remember that my God is your God. My father is your father. So I can go and tell daddy that your other, your daughter is not well. But the beauty about this passage from verse 21 going is the fact that Jesus is supposed to be going with Jairus to see his daughter. But then there's a detour for the woman with the issue of blood that she has had for 12 years. She's had an issue for 12 years and there's a child who has lived for 12 years. They all have issues. Issues don't know age. Bondage don't know age. Some bondages come even by virtue of family. Some of us, we inherit it at birth. You don't have to grow to be in bondage. You can be a child. And that is why even how we keep an eye on our children is very important. Especially in the season we are in. If a five-year-old can be exposed to pornography, can you imagine what becomes of them? A year or two ago, you know, one of these uh, WhatsApp platforms, and somebody thought it was so funny. That is why, that's why I'm happy that after preaching for a while, nobody sends me anything on WhatsApp. You have learned well. They put a whatever of some primes or whatever, a five-year-old boy or six-year-old boy kissing a five-year-old, and they thought it was funny. That is bondage right there. Age does not determine. Whether Jesus reaches out to us or we reach out to Jesus, you know, it says that the woman with the issue, she had heard about Jesus. She had heard about him. She had heard about him. Verse 29 says that, 28 says that, for she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I'll be healed. Jesus didn't call her. Jesus didn't touch her. Jesus did not speak over her life. Everybody's manifestation is different. How God will minister to you is different. Let's not, let's stop trying to have some formula and some rule. Then we make a doctrine out of things that are not doctrines. Say if I can touch. Sometimes Jesus touches you. Sometimes you touch it. Sometimes you come into church, you know that there's a presence. You touch it. You tap into it. Sometimes you're not expecting it. It just comes on you. And immediately, verse 29, the bleeding stopped. And she could feel in her body 
that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out of him. Then, of course, you know the disciples. How can you say somebody has touched you? Hey. Elder brothers and sisters, we know everything. Oh. We have been serving God for so long. We have become so familiar with the things of God, with the anointing, with the presence. The people who are not moved by even the manifestation the most are those who have been in church the longest. What do you mean by who touched you? We are all here. Look at the crowd. Everybody is pushing. Even me, I've touched you. Every day we touch you. Today, what they touch? Today's touch, what is this? They're different from today's touch from yesterday's touch. Didn't we have praise and worship last week? And the week before? And what is today's praise and worship from last week? Praise and worship, praise and worship. The songs, all, the, all the songs are nice. Verse 33. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, you know, when she touched him and she was healed, fear came upon her. But when you read the scripture, you realize that she says that she was trembling at the realization of what had happened to her and came to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. That's God's message for somebody right there. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. 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 May the Lord cause you to be overcome with trembling because of what he's going to do in your life. Because of what he's going to do in your marriage. Because of what he's going to do in your home. Because of what he's going to do with you in this season. May it cause you to tremble. We are going to stop crying over certain things. We are also going to stop trembling over certain things. Some of you, when somebody touches you, then you are trembling. No, the person is not going to do much for you and with you. Then Jairus' uh, messengers came and said, oh, you have, instead of coming straight to come and do what we were expecting to do, you have gone to pass a woman with issue. The girl is dead. Forget it. Forget it. But Jesus said, don't be afraid. Have faith. And what he did was to get rid of faithless people around. Tell somebody, get rid of faithless people around you. Get, get, you know, keep them at a distance. Have a good morning, good afternoon relationship with them. I told you that you begin to look and smell like what you hang around the most. Yeah. Yeah. So if you hang around a lot of faithless people, faithless things, you will become faithless. I mean, I, the only program I like on television is news. I'm a news junkie. But at a point, I realized that I had to streamline my love for the news. Because too much of it creates... I like news. What do you like? And what is it feeding you? And what are you becoming like? 
You know, sometimes we joke with some of these things. But I tell you that, listen, some of even the movies and things we watch, if you keep repeating, watching them, watching them, you will begin to manifest them. You will begin to manifest them. You, every movie you watch, the man is cheating. Or the woman is cheating. The man is cheating. Or the woman is cheating. The man is cheating. Hey, she has been caught. He has been caught. Hey, he was having an affair. Hey, you, affair, affair, affair. Your whole mind is full of affair. When you see a woman, you think it's an affair. When you see a man, you think it's an affair. Not because there's one, but because it has been ingrained in your memory. Yeah. Yeah. When you're always having conversations with people, hey, as for the children of this century, they are so bad. Oh, as for your how old did you say your child was? 70? Hey, you're in trouble. 17 year olds. Hey. Ah, anyway, pray. 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 Some some survive. Maybe yours will. Is that the message you want to hear? Stop hanging around faithless. Even Jesus had to shut them out of the room. So you stay, stay behind. Keep your lack of faith in there. Yeah. And in 41, holding her hand, he said to her, Talitha kum, which means, little girl, get up. Little girl, get up. Do I have the daughters of Jesus here. Little girl, get up. That's God commanding you. Little girl, get up. Little girl, get up. The Bible says that immediately she stood up and started walking around. And everybody was amazed and overwhelmed. May your life overwhelm many. May your testimony overwhelm many. Yeah. May your miracle overwhelm many. May many come and open their mouth and be in shock and in awe. Is it you? Is it? It is me. How did things turn around? One day, I heard the Lord telling me, little girl, get up. Rise up to your feet. Little girl, get up. Little girl, Get up.